This is Dr. Tom Pritchard. You're listening to the Numero Uno podcast in all of professional wrestling, the Spanish announce baby. The Spanish announce table. Tom. Tim. Another week has gone by. It is a... Uh, oh, has it, Tim? Yeah. And guess uh-huh. what? This mm. one was a big one. Mm, okay. Ladies and gentlemen... I get that a lot. Of the, ladies and gentlemen of the podcasting listening crowd, uh, we were going to be talking about, for the majority, honestly, non-main roster WWE news. So, before we do all that, though, Tim... This was a holiday weekend, Memorial Day, and whatnot. Did you celebrate being a former service member of the U.S. military? And if you did not, or if you did, what did you do? What were you up to? I mean, Tell we us. didn't do any sort of Memorial Day. Did you get any free things? Any of... Aren't you supposed and to get no, free things? No, that's a Veterans Day thing. So Memorial Day ah. is to honor the ones that have fallen, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so the Veterans Day is more anybody that had served before, right? There's also a, gotcha. I think, Service Members Day is the other day, where it's active duty, um, which is the lesser known of the three, you know? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't do much um, that particular day. It was one of the days we had to not actually do much for the day, you know what I mean? The rest of the weekend we stayed busy, um, did a lot of mowing once uh, the sun broke for about 10 minutes. Um, you know what I mean? That, that Those uh, weeds are getting pretty high out there at the old Rainer Ranch. But most of my time was spent doing the comedy club. And I got to tell you, Tom, I think I found a new, at least top five favorite comedian. And his name is J.C. Carias. I don't know if you've seen this guy on TV or anything. I have not. He was at the comedy club. Super funny. And got to talk to him. Super nicest guy. Look him up. It's it's J.C., like the initials, and then C-U-R-R-A-I-S, J.C. Carias. And then last night, Tom, I... Sat there and watched the news, hoping my family, I wouldn't watch my family die in a tornado as it happened. Yeah, see, that was what you should have led with. You kind of buried the lead there. You almost died from a tornado. I Let's, did not. I was I was not within Okay, you were uh, almost a range. widow because of a yeah. tornado. So, so to set the stage here, yeah, we had the largest, physically largest tornado in the Kansas City metro area in six decades, I think they said, since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a mile wide at its at its largest spot. And, I, I mean, I knew there was rain and, and, and clouds, but there has been that for seemingly months now here where we live. And so I thought nothing of it, taking my son to, to soccer practice about 15 miles away from the home. And as soon as we get out, sirens start going off. And I'm like, oh, crap. Right? I'm like, well, we're here at the soccer place. It's indoors. They'll have a, you know what I mean, shelter. So we go in, and I start looking on my phone, and I realize, oh, I'm not necessarily in Path of the Storm. They're just kind of doing it countywide, right? And we're in the same county. And so I look on it, and I'm like, oh, crap, this is headed right for my house, and this is fucking huge, right? And I'm like, hmm. All right, so I also get a text saying, hey, soccer crap practice canceled. Sirens going off. We're all leaving. And I'm like, well, crap, right? So now I'm at the place, and I'm like, well, I can't go home. That's right where it's headed. Right? Like, I can't leave. But I've got to call them. And I call my wife. The sirens are going off. Dogs are barking. She's like, ah, fucking, like, don't talk to me. Right? So I'm like, okay, she's on it. Right? Like, she's already handling that. And then, I mean, I, you know, we, we talk again. She gets settled. Everything's going crazy. All right. So they start showing on the news, like, the, the, there's a major shopping district called the Legends down from my house, about 10 minutes, and it's there. And, and they're showing it from, like, over the Kansas Speedway. 
um, and it looks wider than the Kansas Speedway. And they were like, this is headed right for these cameras. They're like, we're honestly afraid of what we're about to see from these cameras. Like, this might wipe out all of the legends. And it was headed in its current direction right up like it was going to hit my housing like area. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going to sit here and watch on the news. And they were already saying, it came from Lawrence, homes already being completely ripped off of the foundation and cars being thrown miles away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my wife, daughter, five dogs, and two cats are in serious danger here, right? And all I can do is sit in this soccer thing and watch it, right, on my phone. I couldn't tell you I was in a silent panic. I didn't even told you that because you were checking in on me to make sure I was okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to fucking do here. Like, and there, the answer is nothing. You can't do shit, right? So, for whatever reason, right. what happens there is at that spot, it breaks up into five smaller tornadoes, which is very common in large tornadoes, I guess, right? Like, they just can't support themselves at some point, but they'll break off, but they still have the propensity to do what this one was doing. And still act as one, right? They're they're moving now. It's five twenty. It's Sharknado all of a sudden, right? But those five managed to kind of split the lanes, as it were, of that major shopping district. It managed to change its directions and kind of go up the the interstate corridor, cross over the river. And do not get me wrong, this thing continued and caused major damage before that. So I don't want to downplay this and be like, man, we dodged a bullet because my family dodged a very serious bullet. But all you've got to do is Google Linwood, Kansas, um, and some of the other, you know what I mean, areas of Missouri and Kansas that got hit by those tornadoes last night, and it is not a pretty picture. I mean, the entire town of Linwood, Kansas looks like it is in a trash pile. Uh, you've seen this stuff, I'm sure, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we oh, did yeah. manage to delay that, you know what I mean? Like, after the all clear was set, they called their thing. I rushed home. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't talked to anybody personally that I know that has been affected, but I for what it was, largest tornado of F5 proportions, uh, largest tornado in whatever decades, they had had no fatalities uh, as of, like, hours later. Like, there was lots of structural damage, uh, injuries abounded, but nobody had been killed from this as of that point. I don't know if, if I'd heard t- today if any had or anything, but surprisingly low fatalities for the severity and the damage this thing caused. But yeah, so that was that was my scary That's yesterday. Scary. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, I might yeah. I might just might just yeah. be me and the that, boy from here on. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, next. Yeah, that sounds like a western, uh, right? Like your family was taken well, out yeah. by a tornado, and now it's well, you. Yeah, you ever seen the road? road? <laughs> you ever seen that movie? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right. You have to jump on horseback and make make a new life in a new town. Right, it's just me and the boy, man. We're gonna yeah, we've got a you know we managed to salvage a few cans of beans from the rubble, and we're. We're hiking it to to Mexico, <laughs> man. We're gonna right. Just gonna try life out there. Sucks. Yeah, but thankfully everyone was okay. It I mean, everybody sucks. that I know personally, I know some people have been very affected. Obviously, uh, there's federal aid coming in, so it was pretty serious, though. Um, and you also avoided damage. It sounds like I know you. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think you guys were so much in the direct path. Maybe you were at one point. No. No, we didn't yeah. even get rain. We we got nothing. Everything. Uh, in the direct Kansas City metro area, yeah, we were fine. It really it was did all hit the outskirts west, so. of the northeast corner or west corner of town. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean that was basically my week in a nutshell. Was um, uh, laughing till I thought I would die, and then afraid my family would die from a tornado. Right? Thinking yeah, right, you're right, gonna, right. yeah, yeah, right. What about you? Well, that uh, thankfully is all good now. Uh, I. Went to I went to my first baseball game of the season. Kansas City Royals played the New York Yankees. New York Yankees won by one run, five to four. You know, here's the thing about baseball. 
Yeah. When baseball matters, playoffs, World Series, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. wild card game to get into the playoffs, a la 2014 Royals Athletics is what I'm thinking of. There is almost nothing better because the the downtime builds the drama, right? So it's the 3-2 pitch after that pitch, right? And then the pitcher gets the ball back. And then, you know, the the buildup of what pitch will he go with? Oh my God. You know, the that downtime has so much of uh drama built into it. And it's amazing. And so when baseball matters, there's not much that can beat it, right? But when it doesn't, Christ's sake, it is fucking boring. We took the the kids, because this this is how boring baseball can be when it doesn't matter. There's a carousel at Kauffman Stadium that kids get on because they can't fucking hold their attention because baseball is so fucking boring. And I was like, hey, let's go back to the carousel. Well, doesn't this sound like fun? So we got the fireworks after. That was fun. Um, everything was good. But it just dawned on me, like, I love baseball. But, man, they got to do something. I think they need to – and. I don't know. That's maybe a little bit too far. I was going to say, maybe they need to start contracting teams because some of these teams will never fucking matter. I'm sorry, Miami Marlins. Like, you won't fucking ever matter. Uh, You know, Milwaukee Brewers, you're not going to fucking matter, really. So we need to start, I don't know, consolidating these teams so that all the or or keep all the teams, but fucking cut the games down because that is just something there is just not computing. Okay, so I've not been a long-term baseball fan such as yourself. So when I say these things, long-term baseball fans may be like, fuck you, man, right? But I did watch um, the (laughs) two series of the – you know, the two years of the Royals where they got hot, and it kind of reminded me of those things that you're talking about in baseball, right? Large portion of it is super fucking boring. It is hard to follow the entire season. When it matters, and it is tight, close game, especially late. Like let's say it's bottom of the ninth tie game and you got a guy on third right two outs guy at the plate and you're saying three two right i mean not mm-hmm. much more intense right uh, world series on the line right like you couldn't get any more like this is the fucking next pitch and determines everything those moments make you want to piss your pants with fucking anticipation and and just nerve-wracking because of that it's that downtime right so they managed to pan the camera to every goddamn buddy and every single one of them is like chewing their fucking fingernails looking at somebody else for like this is gonna fucking happen right like the manager's sweating like they're trying to get signals in like it's just this whole like hair pulling out thing you're like oh my god somebody just fucking make the pitch already like ah Mm -hmm. right like it absolutely is one of the most enthralling things in those moments so you're right they need to make more of those moments, right? Yep. They need to shorten the season. I don't give a good rat's ass. Whatever argument you're telling me, there's no reason to have 160 games, plus all the spring, plus all the thing. And here's something. You might not need so many goddamn pitchers in your rotation then, and you might not need to have guys having Tommy Johns all the time because of then either if they're not having to do mm-hmm. it so goddamn much. Also, uh, I am a professional baker now, if you didn't know. Made some lemon, made some lemon curd, uh, lemon cakes, made some strawberry shortcakes, uh, made some che- uh, cheesecakes really? that were gluten-free mm. for mm. a pregnant lady who has diabetes. It's like gestational diabetes or whatever, so we had to make them healthy. I'm pretty amazing at it, just letting you know. So if you need cupcakes, uh, yeah, hit me up. I'm about to start my own business. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Maybe Headlock Cupcakes or something. I don't know, but I'm fucking Headlock. amazing. That's the other thing. Then... On Monday, 
the holiday, I went to Monday Night Raw, and it yeah. was not enjoyable. Just no. going to tell you that. It was like a baseball game. <laughs> oh, way worse. Way <laughs> yeah. worse. Way worse. I didn't go for that reason, Tom. I knew it was going to be boring, and I knew it would drive me insane. Baseball, or fucking baseball, uh, Raw needs to be a live event that happens to be televised and not a television show that happens to have 10,000 people. There was so many fucking times where it's a four way to, you know, to determine the number one contender for the title. And it's just four guys and a ref standing in the dark while I see a fucking chef boy or D ad or whatever the fuck it was like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Or I saw Trip or not Triple H. I saw Shane McMahon standing in the dark three segments. Really? Yeah. That's fucking stupid. That's raw. Anyhow, went to it. It was fine. It was cool to see Brock Lesnar. One of my uh, check marks um, was fulfilled where I got to see Ricochet finally in person. It was a guy that I've been wanting to see since, you know, he was back in the Indies and uh, Bola and all of that stuff. Been a big fan of his. Wanted to see him live. Finally got to see him live. So, that's the reason I went. I wanted to finally say, hey, I saw Ricochet in person. Him and Cesaro put on a really entertaining live match. Uh, that was probably the highlight of the evening besides Brock Lesnar's breakdancing. Um, but also this weekend, and let's get into our first topic. Also this weekend, and why I said it was such a big week in non-WWE news is because on Saturday night, which I thought was pretty cool, not a Sunday night, a Saturday night. In Las Vegas, Nevada, was the first ever pay-per-view for All Elite Wrestling called Double or Nothing. Now, this has been getting widely accepted as a successful first pay-per-view. Tim, first off, did you see it? And second off, if you did, what were your general thoughts? I did see it. My general thoughts were not bad, guys. Like, this actually came out good. Like, I'd give this a solid good, right? I'd even give it an A. Like, you guys got a solid A. Like, you guys passed this. Like, there really wasn't many complaints I had. Um, for not knowing the overwhelming majority of these people, I still – that didn't bother me as much, right? I I knew watching a lot of these matches, like, man, I wish that I knew some storyline that gave me a reason to care. Mm-hmm. Although that seems to be a – bit of a problem that we had with the, the wwe product too so i wasn't trying to complain too much about that i'm like well shit i turn on raw and have that problem yeah. so um so yeah i mean i thought there's seemingly one big mistakes right the the thing that stuck out to me a lot and you mentioned this a lot online i think is the commentary was terrible mm. all the way around all of it bad um so <laughs> all excalibur <of> excalibur <laughs> i thought was fine I didn't think so. I thought he's bad. Too. I thought he was okay. I, like what I so I graded. I, I think he's okay as a third guy, right? And I and I graded a little okay. bit on a curve because some of the general thoughts that I had was the camera work was shaky. Um, you know, mm. uh, the bad boy Joey Janela. You missed him getting the cigarette in the forehead because they were shooting a different yep. shot. And those things, I said, like, hey, we're gonna get better with time, right? So yeah, I I. I, I I let Excalibur and I let Jim Ross and I let some of those camera things go because there was a couple different times too where Jim Ross was like, I'm not sure where we're at. And it makes sense. This is a new crew. This is the first time you're all working together. So Jim Ross might have his shit together, but producer X might not. And so for the very first show, I, I, I forgave a lot of that. Now, 
What I will not forgive, though, is three hours of just vanilla corny shit. And that other guy, Alex, fill in the blank, whatever his name was, was so corny. He was so corny and bland. He made Byron Saxon look like Tupac. That fucking guy needs to not be on commentary. If he offers AEW something, let it be anything but commentary because he was dreadful. He... Well, he put me out of the element so many different times. There were so many times where, uh, for example, like we'll get into it in a little bit, but when John Moxley debuts and you hear Jim Ross giving an amazing call, right? With a twinkle in his eye, he has, you know, reignited the fire or whatever he said. And then this Alex Yahoo goes, I don't think he's here to say thank you. And he said it just like that. What in the fuck? Yeah, he was bad. Now, that call was great, and that's Ross says, and who knows, he says he didn't know he was showing up. Now, I'm sure he thought he might, so he probably had something prepared, right? right? You know what I mean, if he's any kind well, he of smart. Probably, maybe issue, he didn't know when he was going to show up, like right during right. the Cody match or maybe during the Omega, like right. that. And that's what I mean. He probably had an idea of something he'd say, mm-hmm. right? Like if and when anybody showed up, you know what I mean? Because he probably suspected that. But I, we – so – so to set the tone too for maybe we have new listeners and maybe some people have forgot. We're not just complaining angry dudes on the internet like, well, the commentary suck too. This is our wheelhouse. We both have communications yes. degrees mm-hmm. in journalism. You've actively done commentary for fighting mm-hmm. promotions. Mm-hmm. We've been here, we've done that, and we've been lifelong fans of this product to know also now how to go back and listen to that uh you know, with that ear. And all of this was bad. Even Ross notwithstanding has his great moments there was moments where he completely lost all sense of kayfabe when they were talking about the the 10 second rule as opposed to the five second rule he's like well that makes a lot more sense in this day and age these performers with so much that they're doing in these in these matches like it doesn't make any sense for them to try to be getting in and out of five seconds i'm like dude that like dude like that's not yeah it's not no man you just really completely pulled the whole curtain back there now I think it was enough terminology that maybe people who wouldn't know younger kids may not have picked up on that. You know what I mean? But it, it made it really hard. I was like, dude, Jim, you're the guy who's always complaining about not it being acting real mm-hmm. enough. And here you are just dropping that. And then the rest of it was just, I don't know. They just didn't. And maybe it is due to that, right? Maybe they didn't give these guys enough time to learn these characters. Maybe they haven't done much with, hey, we know these characters are going to be here, but we don't have a clear direction on what they're going to be doing yet. So I'm sure they were handcuffed with that a little bit. So I'm not going to necessarily blame them completely for that although you know they did their own failures in this regard excalibur yeah like i said right his mistakes i yeah i will give him more did sound more like just not knowing what to say right so we you know maybe let's you know i'm clearly not like throw the bums out not going to give it another chance except for that alex i I definitely think except for that alex needs to go because especially if you're going to say that your product is not going to be the pg whole wholesome family thing then you got to get fucking yeah. uh you know the wholesome that, guy out of there that whole commentary the whole time felt like it was 89 mcmahon and fill in the blank wrestler who happens to be hurt are commentating mm-hmm. an event yep. right the whole thing felt like that where it was what a maneuver so, <laughs> like it was just like, yeah uh, and so let's get into more <laughs> other general thoughts uh, yes. It was widely accepted as a success, like I stated. One thing that I also liked about the event uh, is not since 
TNA tried to go live on Monday, has it felt like there was a real competitor to WWE, right? If you remember when TNA went live on Monday night, that was the debut of Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, which now, you know, nine years later, you could say like, whatever. But at that time, you thought maybe this is WCW 2.0, right? They did Angle and... um, AJ Styles to close out the show. You had the first ever match between RVD and Sting. You had some debuts of other guys that were just, you know, coming up on the scene. So it felt something cool. WWE squashed that by saying Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels for the first time since the Montreal Screwjob are going to reunite and, and hug. So that kind of killed that. But <laughs> with this event, it felt like, oh shit, this is a, this looks and feels like a real competitor. The setup was cool. The the chips on the side of the set. The uh, the entrances of guys like the Young Bucks and Cody made it feel like this is a real pay-per-view that I'm watching, not a yep. wrestling product that's in a big arena. So uh, it felt great. The other thing I'll say is I feel like it was also a success because people wanted it to be a success. Yes. There's a lot of things that they did where it, if it happened in WWE, we would be murdering them for them. For example, Luchasaurus, a goddamn dinosaur, put Luchasaurus in next year's Royal Rumble. See how that goes over. Glacier, put Glacier in the fucking Royal Rumble. See how that goes over. Put Luchasaurus as a WWE-born idea. And thought now if we took Luchasaurus, I think he's got a following now. Yeah, and you throw him in right, WWE, but, right? But but let them come up with an idea just mm-hmm, like that. Yeah, right. Just Put like Lars that. Sullivan as and, Luchasaurus uh, right, and see how right. that happens. See yeah, what that happens. That shit would be murder. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be Twitter flame. Right. But we go, oh, it was so cool. And I'm not saying he was the highlight because he wasn't, but he was someone that no one booed. Right. And he got a big push during that battle royal. So, you know, he was someone. And then they announced that he got signed. It's a fucking dinosaur in 2019. And I'm not saying like pro wrestling can't have a fucking dinosaur. But what I'm saying is if pro wrestling can have a fucking dinosaur, then goddamn, you can have uh, Lars Sullivan be the fucking weirdo that just murders the attitude era. Like, stop hating on WWE just because it's, ooh, I want, it's an attitude thing. You're just wanting to hate things in WWE that aren't that bad. And then going, it's so cool in AEW just cause it's counter culture. Like there were great things that happened right. in AEW. And let's talk about that. Cause I feel like we're kind of coming off on the r- wrong foot here. My biggest takeaway from double or nothing was, so I'll say the Cody Dustin match was amazing. We'll get into that. The Jericho Omega match was not as good as their first one, but still very good. And then, you know, the John Moxley thing, you had the debut of awesome Kong. That was really cool for the women's division to kind of get the first shot of adrenaline as far as like, Oh shit, anything can happen. A lot of those things mm-hmm. were great. But for me, the biggest takeaway was M J F. Holy Shit, this guy is good. I've talked about him on this podcast before. He did Sam Roberts' podcast. He was in all those B, uh, B or uh, B Elite, um, the BTE uh, YouTube series where he's like Cody's best friend telling the Young Bucks to fuck off, all that stuff. He hit a home run in every segment he was in. The oh, yeah. first thing he did in the Battle Royal was go after, I believe his name was Devin Thomas, the amputee, and said, Lieutenant Dan, you're not, you don't belong here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was so great. Yeah. First of all, so, 
yeah, what it started with the kickoff and the casino buy-in. I mean, it already I was like, what a cast of characters. I mean, I was just like almost in chuckles at yeah. it, but I was still enjoying mm-hmm. it, right? I was like, I mean, they've got a legless guy for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. We had Sonny Kiss in there. Yeah, Sonny Kiss. He was openly gay guy. That was another one. So I mean, there's there's all that fun, and then um, gosh, what is the guy's name? Romero, uh, um, Rocky Romero, Ace Romero, guy. Ace Romero, <laughs> right, right. When he launched, <laughs> like a little uh-huh. dude, and that little uh, guy's great out of the ring, like yeah, a- he's in that little guy's in MLW, and he's really good. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Marco, I think his name is Marco. So right. we don't fact check here on this podcast, so. but yeah, it was great. But I thought MJF just murdered it. Now mm-hmm. hangman page won it. Hangman page page had his match canceled with Pac because Pac apparently just hates fucking losing or maybe the promotion now is coming out. Maybe it's not his decision. Yeah. It was the promotions decision. He's under contract with them. We don't know, but his match got canceled. He ends up winning the battle Royal, but I thought the star of it, Throughout the entire night was MJF. Even when Glacier came in and he started doing the like fake karate in front of him, I thought that was fun. Uh, the the one guy though that I I will say I felt like almost got overshadowed or maybe didn't capitalize a hundred percent on his moment was Sean Spears, aka Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. I felt like he could have really made that something huge, and. It, not to say he didn't have a great moment, right? The crowd uh, chanted ch- uh, 10 with him. Yeah, it was huge for about a, a second. Right, but then yeah. if you talk about the great <sighs> moments of the night, he doesn't really come up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But going right. back to MJF, just absolutely going forward uh, into the event. Remember what he did to Bret Hart when Bret Hart unveiled the title? And he's like, Bret, oh my God, the fan! Like, yeah. oh my God, and it made yeah. Bret even crack. And I just thought, yeah, yeah. MJF coming out of Double or nothing. I want MJF versus everybody. MJF versus Moxley. MJF versus Jericho is, on paper, just seems like the perfect matchup. Especially if Jericho's the baby face where he's like an asshole kind of baby face. Mm -hmm. That just screams Mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. I do think there's a lot of great talent there for them to set up some great storylines, some great things for us to have. Um, I am worried about them losing steam between now and then. Um, well, they're doing it's a ways well, out. Yeah, but they're doing enough yeah. fun things here. Yeah. Um, let's get into another great match, though. Probably the moment of the night happened after arguably the best match of the night. That was Cody versus Dustin. What did you think of the match? Uh, and what did you think about the hug afterwards? match was very well done i mean the story they told in it the you know what i mean it was i i just thought the match was exquisite especially for his age and some of the spots he was pulling uh, we talked about it before i mean dustin rhodes mm-hmm. is i mean a genetic wonder considering what he's done to his mm-hmm. body both from an uh you know internal and, and external mm-hmm. factor over the years it's amazing that he can even move let alone move the way he did and tell that story and yes, I mean, there's there's so much history there with that family that they didn't even have to really hit on that much to still tell an amazing story in that regard, which is some of the the thing that gets unsaid about it. Like they could have went all in on their father and made that a major focal point of the storyline. And it really wasn't hardly. Any yeah, they, they had the dusty chant to start off the match. Dustin pointed up, uh, assume, you know, presumably to the heavens, but even in the buildup. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of Cody's entrance? I thought it was kind of mishandled. This is where 
Vince McMahon, even though he's known as the micromanager, and we learned about that from John Moxley on Jericho's podcast, we'll catch uh, you'll catch our thoughts on that in the second segment. But that was one of those details where I think Vince would have nailed that, or Triple H, you know, whoever that is, and AEW kind of messed up. And this is where this is what I mean by it. So you have them walk out past the the chair or whatever we're thrown, walk down. Get the sledgehammer, yeah. walk back yeah. up, hit it. By that time, your music's done, so you have to restart the music uh-huh. and then walk back down. Th- again, that's nitpicking. I would have had, and again, I can do it better than you. Ha, ha, ha. Tweet the table, say I can't. I don't care. I would have had, because they had two entrances, which, side note, I thought was really cool, right? Having one guy enter from one uh silo and then the other competitor from the other one kind of tna old school impact uh um callback there i would have had right brandy with the sledgehammer and cody and as they meet in the middle at the top of the entrance then brandy just hands the sledgehammer to cody cody then whap hits the damn thing and then goes i'd have done it after i'd have done it after the match and i would have like displayed it there because the symbolism is you don't deserve this throne to the industry, Triple H, right? Like, this isn't yours to have, right? And I wouldn't have had it exploded. Like, the explosion you was hit weak. it with the sledgehammer and it crumbles. I wouldn't even explode yeah. it, even if you had a good well, one. It crumbles. You don't hit a stone throne and it explodes. Yeah. That's like the Ambrose versus uh, Wyatt thing when they, you know, he unplugged oh, the- a, a monitor and exploded yeah. in his face, right? Because that's what happens when you unplug right. something, right? Yeah, like, it just, I was like, ah, guys. And that one. I think was maybe the second or third of a, of a, I'd say a handful of things that I noticed at the night of all I kept hearing is we're not trying to compete with WWE, but the rest of the night was fuck you WWE. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like, okay guys, which is it? Like, I agree with you either way you go here. Right. But pick one and go with it. Uh, And then the main event of the night. And again, a a lot of uh, really good other matches there. SCU was really fun. They were really good. Um, well, I guess one match that I kind of glossed over, and it's just because it's not my style. Say whatever you want. Wrestling's big. I don't have to like everything. But the other big mm-hmm. marquee match of the night was the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Again. That was a good match. I don't like that kind of match. I don't like the let's right. hold hands. I'm going to half slap you in the chest. Run with me as I right. run up the stairs and then do a dr- uh, an arm drag, and that hurts. Right. No, it doesn't. That's fucking right. stupid. Right. Right. It, yeah, it it crosses the line for me to Jackie Chan movie stunt work. Yeah, right. And and the thing is, Jackie Chan stunt work looks awesome in a movie, but that's because you have fifteen different angles. But when I see one of the young bucks just hanging out on the top of the rope, like waiting, and then like, and one time I think it was Pentagon Junior. I can't remember which Lucha Bro it was, or maybe it was Phoenix, but. They go to do a big move where uh, Matt Jackson does like a reverse DDT off the top rope as uh, I think it was Phoenix is uh, on the other brother's shoulders. And Phoenix audibly, well, I guess audibly is a sound, but visually you see him look at Matt Jackson and nod that he's Mm -hmm. ready. And then they go again. I know like. 
the choke slam from Luchasaurus on Joey Janela. Joey Janela was starting to look at the table before he got thrown. Mm-hmm, I can right. forgive that because that's a safety thing. And I can forgive this a little bit because it's a safety thing. But also, if you have to fucking nod at someone, maybe don't do the goddamn move. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. Or do yeah. the fucking move and have it pin one, two, three. But if you're going to do this amazing move and kick out at two, fuck off. Yeah, you know what I'm I'm also done with and 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 I want to shake some people because I want to be like what why is this so cool to you because you're not explaining it to me is the where all of this seems born out of is it's not just a clothesline, right? It's going to be I'm going to try a super kick, you're going to duck it, then you're going to try to roll up, I'm going to kick out of the roll up, then I'm going to leap over you, you're going to do a, a a thunder roll and when you pop up, then I'm going to clothesline you. When you could have just fucking clothesline him and told me the same story and it didn't look fake as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the difference. Yeah, and for me, for me, I am not into the parkour pro wrestling where right. that's where, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. where you know, what I just explained exactly right. You can run a straight line or you could run hop to the left, jump over mm. a curb, come back, but you still got down the straight line. Like just fucking right. fight right. again. We know that this isn't a real fight, right? We can watch right. MMA and we can say like, uh, uh, an elbow from the top rope is not fucking real. Right. However, we're suspending our disbelief and it can only go so far yeah. again when you're nodding at your opponent, like you can go now. That's when you got to fucking, I don't know, rein it in a little bit. Yeah. Again, it was a fine well, match. I know that there was plenty of people that liked it. It happened. It was good. Whoa, oh, ooh, let's go back real quick. And I know we're jumping around here, but one thing I want to touch on that makes zero sense. And again, we hate on WWE when there's no continuity, right? Oh, God damn it. This doesn't make no fucking sense, right? Yeah. Oh, we love to tweet till our fingers are fucking red uh, about continuity errors and fucking WWE. But all elite wrestling gets away with it? No. I'm calling bullshit. Here's where I'm calling bullshit. So that moment between Cody and Dustin where Cody says, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. And they hug. Perfect. Loved it. I mean, that is awesome. I fought with my brother to where we were bloody. Not as bloody Mm -hmm. as Dustin, but we've been bloody. And then going like, what the fuck are we doing? Let's hug. Done that plenty of times, right? Here's the part that I fucking go... Huh? Their next event, Cody states, again, this is not press release, uh, whatever, you know, Cody Reynolds. This is, you know, pro wrestler Cody in the ring after a match. Cody states at the next event, I sign my name to take on the best tag team in the world. The young bucks. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You guys are just fighting for fun. You guys are executive vice presidents, yeah. and now we're just fighting show. for fun. Right. The benefit what? show. Who, what? Fight anyone? Why are you fighting your friend? Yeah, benefit show. I, I'm not fighting you. Yeah. If, yep. if it's a benefit yep. show, uh, yeah, it for made, the troops, that made Tom. zero sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Unless it's again, unless it's for to you know to crown the first uh, AEW champion. I get that right. Like, hey, I want to be champion. You want to be champion. We understand what comes along with being a champion. Let's fucking fight over it. I get that. But if it's just like, hey, you know what would be fun? Me punching you in the fucking face. No, it's not. And it just, that zero, yeah. that makes Let's zero fucking sense. Hey, uh, winners get the corner offices. <laughs> the losers get the offices down the hallway yeah. further away from the bathrooms. Like, put something on the line. 
Yeah, why would you just want to fist fight yeah. your executive vice president who is your yeah. best friend? Yeah. Again, now you're crossing the line of, oh, is this not a real thing? Is that why you're doing this? Right. Oh, one other thing that I saw leading up to this is uh, fake Bailey. I can't remember her name, but she was yes. in the four-way mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. She said- Smiley, I, whatever her name is. Yeah. Smiley Riley or whatever, yeah. One thing that I just want to point out because it's a frustration is she goes, I hate that wrestlers have gimmicks. I want to show that I can be a genuine person. Hey, smiley fake Bailey. You can't be a fucking genuine person and then do a top elbow drop. That's not fucking real. Go watch a real fight. If you want to be a genuine person and impact the world by genuine acts, go join a nonprofit. But if you want to be a pro wrestler, you have a gimmick. Well, you're and an actor. Thing. I don't hate that wrestlers have gimmicks. What I will give you is that not all of them need one, and nor should every single one of them have them. Some should just have an angle. Some should be a character that just have an angle. Some should be a much more clearly defined, over-the-top gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. And some should mm-hmm. be less some. That's what call, a spectrum is called, right? Like, And that's yeah. where you're going to have more storytelling options in that regard. But what regular person, no. Right, I want a character at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to be a you have to be someone because you're an actor. You're right. not a real person in right. that ring. Like right. you get what I'm saying. You're obviously a real person. You ble- you breathe and bleed and all that. Yeah. Now, but your like, character you is a real be- person. Yeah. Quote unquote. Right. My character right. is Dean Ambrose. I'm this yeah. guy, John Moxley. But here's my angle. Dean Ambrose is yeah. John Moxley is fucking crazy, right. and he might stab you when you're not looking. Right. Like that's oh, yeah. the angle. Right. We went off on some tangents yes. again. Let's get but, back on track. But, yeah. I still thought the show was great. I do. I do. In that moment with Sean Spears, I was like, holy fuck. They can run with this. And and I started thinking, I was like, I don't think WWE necessarily dropped the ball. It's because of his time with WWE and the character that he was trying to get over there that made his draw so big out there now. And people wanted to be like, finally. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, So it wouldn't have happened had they not put him through that. Um, no, you, you said Sean Spears, or do you mean John Moxley? No, Sean Spears. Okay, um, just I'm talking about his his moment yeah. in the in the in the yeah. buy-in where, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they're chanting him and he's fucking just taking it all in. I was like, oh, they might have captured yeah. lightning a bottle, right? But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, WWE should have ran with this and then, but it wouldn't have been the same, right? It yeah. wouldn't. I mean, they started. Well, to it's try, an attitude thing. Right? Yeah, it is an attitude. It's an attitude, attitude it's a willingness from the from the, right? from the fans. Yeah. Uh, so now let's get into the main event, and then we'll take a quick break after this, uh, and then get into the big podcast of the week besides ours, because we are the biggest podcast in pro wrestling history. Uh, in the main event was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho gets the win with a new finisher mm-hmm. called the Judas Effect, which is a spinning back elbow. So Chris Jericho gets the pinfall win, which means in the future, and again, a thing that we would kill WWE for because we didn't give a date. We just mm-hmm. said in the future, but in the future for the first, I presume, first AEW champion, we will have Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho. First off, what do you think of that matchup f- to crown your first champion? I think it'll be good. And I think Jericho in his promo that they you know, kind of play in the lead up uh, about him saying like, AEW, like, th- you need me as champion. I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, he might be a little right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he is the big name that drew a, any portion of the mainstream media interest they have, a large 90% of it's probably due to his name. So there is something to that. Well, I like I like the matchup for this reason. It's the veteran versus the newcomer. 
And in this specific case, if the newcomer loses, which I would think he would, it's not going to hurt the character. He can come right. back from this and be the cowboy, the hangman, yeah. hangman Especially Adam Page, right? If Jericho cheats to win. Right. And right. then the history books for AEW can say our first ever champion was, you know, the goat, Chris mm-hmm. Jericho. Because right. you never know. And we have plenty plenty of examples in WWE of this, but Adam Page, hangman Adam Page, could fizzle, right? Could be a flop. Oh, yeah. Right. So you want to say that your first ever champion was the goat, Chris right. Jericho. And by Adam Page losing, it doesn't look bad because he lost to Chris right. Jericho. Well, and and so it's a win-win for yeah. everyone, assuming that – but again, you could go counterculture and say, hangman Adam Page, look at this. He beat the goat, the WWE veteran. Like there's a, not a lose situation yeah. in the storytelling. Look, you could even do an angle where Omega cost Jericho the match and it leads to their third installment down right. the road. Exactly. And it's still – you know what I mean? And then you can still – yeah, I mean there's always you could go, but I do think even Jericho – Damn sure knows how to make a guy like Hangman mm-hmm. Page look amazing, even when he beats him. So, definitely. yeah, definitely. I definitely think that's good. And then, of course, we had the big reveal moment. The Moxley <laughs> comes out. I like mm-hmm. Jericho turns around, and I just like how he's like, what are you doing here? You don't work here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you asshole. I got yeah. away from you. What are you doing here? Why are you following like, me? And I love how Dean's just like, what? Or, you know, Johnny's like, What? Eh, yeah. fuck it, right? And then he's just like, eh, the ref too. Fuck it, right? Like, yeah. Just everybody. You get a fucking whatever he's going to call it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I liked, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I liked everything that I saw in the ring on the pay-per-view. I liked how Kenny Omega fought back, right? Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't this punk-ass bitch that just took a finisher. He fought right. and gave some offense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the iconic. I think if AEW becomes something – I think the most iconic photo was taken from uh, a friend of the show, Ryan Loco, who's oh, been on yeah. the show as a, as a guest, where you see in the Jumbotron or whatever, Kenny Omega broken and battered, and then John Moxley standing on the chips uh-huh. with his hands just like basking in the glory. That is iconic. The one I shot. liked of his shot was the one of Jericho front up in the front oh, of the camera yeah. but blurred and you see moxley coming down the steps yeah. in the back and the fans freaking out one of the most amazing pictures i've seen yeah of a wrestling I, thing ever ryan Great. loco if you've never mm-hmm. seen any of his pro wrestling shots Friend check him out ryan Loco. yeah ryanloco.com he, uh he's got shots of becky lynch sonny deville him. uh we've interviewed him he's been on the podcast uh take some other amazing shots check it out his work but yeah those two shots yeah. i thought were amazing so, regarding Moxie, after we come back from break, we're going to talk a lot more about him because we're going to talk about his interview that was released today on the Jericho Podcast, so stay tuned for that. Um, regarding him, though, I want to bring up something that I am, honestly, somewhat worried about regarding this Moxley character in AEW and their clear direction that they're going to make him a big deal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned this to the guy at work who's a bit of a casual wrestling fan, has been off the train for a while just because it sucks, right? And it's boring. He's like, dude, I got too much shit going on with kids mm-hmm. that are 15 to deal with this and um, I, I'd mentioned the whole time like hey Ambrose is leaving Ambrose is leaving AW and he's been like man I might want to see some of this and I said hey did you see John Moxley Dean Ambrose show up and he's like yeah and he's like dude can I just be honest about this guy and he's like I, ne- I don't know that I really like him and I was like why and it's the same things that I've caught for he's like he does the same thing over and over again he walks in and he kind of got that head wobble and his match he bounces around through the ropes he does the same shtick the same routine and he goes it feels like the same tired over dramatic done 
I'm fake crazy routine all the time. And I was like, well, I can see that. I can absolutely mm-hmm. see that. Absolutely. But, yeah. But maybe he does go full crazy because now he has that license to an AEW, right? Yes. Like and one maybe, thing that we use. Yes. Yeah. One thing that we liked a lot, uh, if you remember leading up to his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which sucked, but the lead up yeah. to that was all of these hardcore icons like Mick Foley and Terry Funk almost passing the blessing of psycho to him. And then unfortunately he couldn't go full psycho, but maybe yeah. he can. So I think the history of WWE, cause he's essentially the same character so far in one night, what we saw. Right. So maybe he's something different, but what we saw in the ring was Dean Ambrose, but just, we can't call him Dean Ambrose. Um, I think the history of WWE has tainted us with, well, fuck, is he going to come out with a goddamn potted plant again? Or, you know, <laughs> some bullshit like that. But hopefully, I'm being optimistic. Maybe he can finally say, like, no, the fucking shit I want to do is this. And we go, like, oh, goddamn, he is yeah. nuts. <laughs> like, I, Well, and that's it. I told him, I said, well, hey, man, I said, I, here's what we know about this guy now. You know, John mm-hmm. Moxley, Dean Ambrose. And this is before the, the interview came out. Um, I was like, is he should not have really been in WWE. I was like, it is not his place. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. never going to like it. They were never going to be open to him doing the things he wants. I was like, he is much more of the cut you open, uh, hardcore match, let's drag out and go nuts, mm-hmm. uh, push the envelope kind of guy. And I was like, so I think this might be a better place for him. And, yeah, we'll get way more into this after we come back in the break because John Moxley himself addresses that. Well, I want to share one thing, though, and, again, uh, I hate to harp, but I want to say, again, this the good positives before I say this, just because I want people to understand, I really did enjoy this. But oh, yeah. felt like a real competitor, WWE. A. a lot of things were great. There was an A. Again, though, some of the attitude uh, that we say, oh, fuck off, WWE, uh, we need to also apply it to AEW because double standards are fucking bullshit. But in the promo, and uh, Kata even kind of said this to me, he was like, because I said, I don't get that fucking promo that he cut where he's like, no one's going to stand in my way or AEW's way. And I was like, well, then why'd you fucking attack the vice president? Yeah, right, if, you're, right, if no right. one's going to stand in AEW's way, the fuck are you going after him for? Like, right. that makes he's your boss. What fuck are you yeah. doing, dum-dum? Like, again, but you're uh, causing havoc. Okay, but what are we doing? Like, is your war... I, it just makes no sense because it seemed like it was a shot at WWE. But again, you're not there anymore, pal. Like, then fuck off and tell me why you're in AEW beating up Kenny Omega. That's what I wanted to hear. But what I heard was, is I'm going to be crazy and AEW is going to take over. Well, that didn't make sense if you just beat up the vice president. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's the continuity thing that we're yeah. talking about here where, hey, again, I'm giving you a pass. I'm going to watch again. I'm going to watch your match with... Uh, bad boy Joey Janela at the uh, next event. I'm going to watch Cody. I'm going to watch the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, all that stuff. But let's just say there's some things here where we can work on, and that's one of them. You can't say I'm I'm a lunatic friend, or he didn't say lunatic fringe, but he says I'm going to you know cause havoc and no one's getting in AEW's way, but I'm going to beat up the boss because that's what we do here. <laughs> like that well, doesn't make sense. And more to follow, man. We're going to talk more about this after the break. We're going to talk about this uh, really damn good interview with Jericho, um, with Moxley on Jericho's podcast. And we're also going to talk about NXT 25 is coming up. We're going to make some predictions on that. And so we'll do that when we come back from this break to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, the company Heaven Above Fireworks 
is a company that turns your ashes into fireworks after you die. So you can literally go out with a bang. The Spanish Announce Table. Tom. Tim. Did you also know that we have our own merchandise for sale? I did know that. Mm -hmm. I actually have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. And coming soon, once I get done with all these medical bills, thanks government and healthcare, I'm going to get me a coffee mug. Mm. A Spanish Announce Table coffee mug. Tom's so broke he can't even drink his coffee, folks. That's why you need to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and look for the link that says Merch Table up there. It'll take you to our Zazzle page. Zazzle. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, but it's just easy to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click the link. And then there's all kinds of stuff. Man, there's shirts. There's a deck of cards. I think there's a flask, maybe? You know, I don't even remember. Coffee mugs, phone covers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats. Various designs. Any and everything you can think of, we got it. Click the link, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. So do it. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Spanish Announce Merch Table. Check it out. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, Tim. So now let's get into the other big topic of the week. Not only was Double or Nothing a big success, but it looks like from early indications, there was a big success at Talk is Jericho, the podcast hosted by pro wrestling legend Chris Jericho, as he had the emancipation uh-huh. of John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, it was about an hour and uh, some change, under two hours, but you know, a little over two, uh, one hour. Uh, he goes into kind of a timeline as far as when he wanted to quit, uh, when he actually was going to quit and maybe walk out, why he didn't, uh, some of the success that he had there, and some of his frustrations. So after listening to The Emancipation of John Moxley, what were your early reactions to it? My solid biggest takeaway is, and it more centers on WWE, is that it, you guys are going to have to pull the trigger and find a way to get Vince out the door of creative because this is not going away. He breaks down to mm-hmm. detail everything we feared, right? Mm-hmm. The writers mm-hmm. and the talent know way better on what will get over and what is cool in 2019 than Vince McMahon ever has the hope to anymore. And it's not a stubbornness that we're going to talk him out of. It's not a a light bulb moment that he's going to flip a switch and be like, oh my God, oh yeah, we should be doing this instead. It's time to tell him you can't do this anymore. He may very well still have years in him of being a great CEO of the company, but Mm -hmm. as head of creative... It's got to well, be done. And I think, yeah. And I think he also can, you know, one of the stories that I always think of with Vince McMahon in the later years that shows that he still is a genius. And one of the things that John Moxley kind of did is he goes a so-called genius. Like Vince McMahon is a pro wrestling genius. Like there's a route, um, excuse me, yes. a Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling geniuses. It's Dusty Rhodes, Vince McMahon, Paul Heyman. You know, it, there's a short list and Vince is definitely on there. But where I think Vince would be better served is uh, going back to the story that I think of is when Chris Jericho came up with Money in the Bank. Yeah. His version of Money in the Bank was not as good as Vince McMahon's version of Money in the Bank. Right. Vince took the idea of, you know, a contract above um, the ring in a ladder match and changed it from just some cardboard, you know, some slip of paper on uh 
a little, you know, right. clipboard and turn it into a briefcase he, that was branded yeah. that can be used yes. as a weapon. He knows how to make it grandiose. Yeah. That is where I feel Vince McMahon has always been the best, right? right? Turn it up. Even look at the yeah. very first uh, iteration of a pro wrestling boom. Vince McMahon didn't do a lot of those things, right? Uh, Junkyard Dog was Junkyard Dog before WWE. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan was essentially Hulk Hogan. right? Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan yeah. in uh, Minnesota. Right. Yeah. Uh, Macho Man was Macho Man in his own father's promotion. Yep. But he took those things and said, like, you know what I can do with it? I can turn up the volume. Right. I can tweak this little thing. I can add this. And then and boom, we're off, right? right? Like that is where I've always felt Vince McMahon's better at than, hey, you know what? This promo this promo needs to have pooper scooper in it. That was a yes. big uh, thing that John Moxley talked about. That is where I think, as you stated, we need to push Vince out of the way. He doesn't need to have final say in necessarily promos of every Monday and Tuesday uh TV show where I think he needs final approval is, Hey, we're going to pull the trigger with, uh, Rusev yeah. as our intercontinental champion. Oh, yeah. What would you do to get that a- accomplished? Okay. Well, this is what I would do. Consultation. Yes. Yeah. He should be a consultant to triple H's ideas or whomever creative, right? Like that he can do that. You know what I mean? Without having to go through the grueling nonsense that he's going through on it at his age. Mm-hmm. And just like, it was frustrating me so bad to hear all this because, like, like some of these things that Dean was, you know, John, excuse me, is Jonathan Good, right? Is his real name? Yeah, his real in, name. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. John. I'm going to call him John. What yep. John is saying here is that, like, some of the things that he's saying, this is a bad idea, we should have been doing this instead, or I would have suggested this instead – and I'm like, yeah, these are basic pro wrestling tenets. Like when he's like, it's not a bad idea. Like when he was like the thing handwritten where that he saw that like Dean needs to understand why he needs to be insulting the audience and he needs to read his promos verbatim. Dean fully understood well why he was supposed to be insulting the yeah. audience. But he's saying the way you're having me do it doesn't make any sense because it's not getting the character over. It's not building a storyline. It's not doing anything. It's just insulting this particular city right now. You know, he didn't say exactly these things, but that's what he's getting at. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, what's making me mad is that, like, Vince and the WWE, they've known this. You knew mm-hmm. this before. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you not know it now? You know why I knew you knew it before is because, Vince, God damn it, you're the one that taught us all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the one that taught us all of this. Mm-hmm. And now, as as John's saying, for six to eight years, he's got to go in and talk where he's got no power and's got to act like a servant to a 70-year-old mm-hmm. man and tell him why this is not going to work and this is not going to help anything and it's just going to stall everything and make no sense. And he kept right. getting told, "Tough, this is why it's great." Mm-hmm. And it's like I uh... Well, and I think age is also a huge thing. You mentioned 70-year-old man. Yeah. And, and when I listened to the podcast, that was another big takeaway that I that I uh, took from it is, you know, pooper scooper was a yeah. fun, insulting kind of thing to say in the 1980s. Nobody even knows what that is anymore. Like, it's not. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's not a thing anymore. It even goes back to 
currently right now what the Usos are doing to the revival. How I told you, like acceptance is the cool thing. Separation is the bad thing. Like that's the heel move is to be a bully. And the Usos are. But in the 1980s, it was funny to see someone shaving another man's back. Oh, do you get it? They're naked in a shower shaving it. Like that's a 1980s, you know, revenge of the nerds type of uh, mentality that isn't funny anymore. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. But you still think it is because that was your comedy in the 1980s. And that's where, that's where, like, I, like you said, we need to have Triple H or even, fuck, someone a little younger uh, to say, like, hey, here's the cool things to say. It's not pooper scooper. It's things like that. And the frustration that I heard, honestly, was a lot like the pipe uh, the pipe bomb yeah. promo mm-hmm. that CM Punk said where, you know, uh, John was giving a lot more detail, but CM Punk was saying a lot of these same things yes. six years ago oh, or yeah. however long it was. Right. And now you're starting to see like, Hey man, that was six years ago. And now you have another top 10 talent that's saying the same thing and left as well. Like you have to see the writing on the wall. You said it a while back that you think the downfall of everything was WWE going corporate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still 100% believe that. And I fully give it to you because it, in that regard, it's when they stopped allowing the artists to have that creative control and that free – the creative license, as, as, mm-hmm. as, as Moxley kept talking about. Um, it's that. They won't let them do that because they might say something that's going to hurt their corporate interests. So now they're going to script these things. They're going to do these things. And they've even come out and leaked as such that they're actively now trying to make sure they don't create the next John Cena or the next Hulk Hogan, the next Mm -hmm. Steve Austin, because they don't want to be hung out to dry by that person. So we're not going to get it. We're just not going to get it. Everything's pushed to a C plus because then you get t- 10 C pluses instead of one A, you know, home well, run type of thing. Roman Reigns goes down. We can do Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins goes down. Right. Because and they can count on it. They know we're still going to get X amount of the game. We're still going to get X amount of the TV. And even though it's lower than we want it to be, it's lower than it could have been. Well, we can get a, sit around a board meeting and figure out ways to bump that number up 5% and say, look at our growth and forget about it. And that's yeah. the situation that it's in. It is corporate. It won't be cool. And pro wrestling has to live in the cool. It has to yeah. live in the cool. Mm-hmm. One thing that going specifically back to the podcast episode itself that I find interesting and uh, full disclosure this uh, today I picked up Emily and we ran some errands because uh, this coming week I'm going to Disney World. I'll share with mm-hmm. that next week what my experience was like. But uh, I had the podcast on as I picked her up. And one of the things that John Moxley said that she caught was, oh, my God, I feel so free. Now I can just take over you know, the world. And I'm paraphrasing here. And the first thing that Emily said was, well, yeah, you haven't done anything yet, right? right. This is where, unlike CM Punk, we're going to start to see, hey, it's cool now that I get to do my own thing. It better be good. Yeah. Because now – Vince McMahon can sit there and say like, yeah, all right, show me what you got. And now we're really going to see, because, you know, one thing that I've said on this podcast to you for years now is maybe it's a little bit of the talent, right? Maybe the talent doesn't have the charisma that they think they have. This is where I'm at with Ambrose. Like his, his strut around the ring. I'm like, dude looks weak and fake as fuck. Well, it looks exactly like Dean Ambrose. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and so that that's what I mean. Like, oh, so that's your doing. That's your whole mm-hmm. bringing to the character, right? Nobody made you do that part because you're willingly doing that now, and you look like yeah. a weirdo who's faking it when you do that. Well, the whole yeah. like the whole I, I, it's hard to explain on an audio podcast, but you know what I'm getting yes. the way over herky jerky movements and the mm-hmm. and the like head cocked to the side looking around shit. I'm like, dude, not, nobody actually even an actual crazy person doesn't do it that animated. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I, agree. I get the let's turn it up to 11, but it's it just not working here. It's gone. You turn it up to 14 and it's gone too far for me. Yeah. Yeah. And we're popcorn kind of commenting yeah, here of because course. it's a Arm fresh new podcast. Sure. Well, and just some of the topics. But one thing I want to go back to is how you said, you know, WWE went back to corporate or yeah. once WWE yes. went corporate, they kind of filled all their little spaces. One thing that's still stuck in my mind is when Cody asked for his release and he yeah. said to Triple H, Hey man, I'm done being stardust. This is stupid. Yeah. And the thing that stuck with me because on Tuesday night on SmackDown, a, a sign was confiscated and it said, save us triple H. Right. But I don't know if that's the problem. And I go back to the CM Punk promo where CM Punk said, you know, maybe this company will be better when Vince McMahon dies, but it's actually ran by buffoons like his daughter and yeah. brother-in-law. And now we're, what I'm getting to is, when Cody asked for his done character of uh, mm. of Stardust, the first thing Triple H said to him is, hey, we have this role. It needs to be filled by you. Like they already have roles and Triple H is totally going along yeah. with that role. Well, and that's just it. So I, I wonder at what point like Triple H may believe some of the the shit, right? Because he's in those board meetings and he's there. The difference is if he's in charge and Vince is gone, would the same conclusions be being come to? And maybe there is. Maybe some of that's brought up by the board members that aren't fucking wrestling people. And they're like, no, we've got to do this because it's going to increase our demo in the 18 to 35 females. And they have buying power. Whatever the fuck stupid reason they have for doing decisions. Right. Instead of being fucking cool. My point is, (laughs) right, but what my point is, is when Cody says to Triple H, Hey, I'm done with this. And again, this is Cody's point of view. So we haven't mm-hmm. heard the, the other side of the story. There's two sides to the story. I'm just telling you what we've heard. But when Cody says to Triple H, hey, man, I'm done. And Triple H doesn't say, I get it, man. Can you give us two more? You know, uh-huh. can you help us out? I get that you're frustrated. Instead, he says, this is a role that we want you to do. Maybe he's drinking the Kool-Aid, too. That's my only concern is, you know, you had the CM Punk saying that in the pipe bomb promo where, you know, after Vince is dead, these same problems are going to be here. You have Cody saying, I'm going to Triple H, and he's saying, still fill this role. And then you have John uh, Moxley leaving saying, like, the creative structure, because that's one point that he also said. He goes – after 2002 when Vince bought WCW, it couldn't be not just only Vince. It could be the whole structure he's created, wow. which could be a part of Triple H's, you know, mm-hmm. influence in there could all need to be go or, you know, it all needs to go away. And maybe Triple H needs to go away as well. Well, so and let me just explain. Yeah. Why it may still be the same problem. And in, 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 I'm going to break it down again. Like the corporate entity that is mm-hmm. WWE and how they operate differently. And you can argue it's it's a valid way to operate if this is the angle you want to take, if you're the corporate mentality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to build, they're going to force the stardust, right? Like he wants to stop doing it because it's not enjoyable for him. He doesn't like it, right? It's played out, um, right? It's just not cool. Mm-hmm. They go, 
we want you to play this role. This is our fourth selling largest merchandise. Uh, we built the merchandising and put you in the role, right? Like we replaced Sin Cara. We might replace the Stardust versus this is not what it's about. It's not about the coolest thing we can put out there so we get the most ratings. This is about money. And that's mm-hmm. it. Now, AEW might take in less money, but their goal here is we want to put out a better product to get better ratings, to be yeah. you know more internationally liked. Right. So now you more can buzz. argue both sides, right? Either way. But I can tell you which one is a more enjoyable product, right? And so that's yeah. why I worry, like, we're not going to get that from WWE until that thing starts losing money and the corporates start buying out and they've got to buy that thing back private. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I just yeah. don't think, I, I just don't, you have to let I don't it, see it. You have to let it burn it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seth Rollins. But yeah, you have to, so you know, I just don't see it. I just don't see but it, that's, man. Yeah, that's just the thing that's been sticking in my mind after hearing uh, John Moxley on this uh, podcast, after hearing CM Punk, mm-hmm. you know, do his pipe bomb X amount of years ago, hearing Cody talk about his own uh, ask for release when uh, he was on the Sam Roberts podcast, is it could just be more it's probably more than just Vince needs to retire. It could be the whole structure of the thing. And like we've stated, WWE going corporate and having stockholders to answer to, right? right. AEW doesn't have to do that. So if they want to say, Hey, guess what? We're going to throw in three middle fingers in the first hour. As long as TNT kind of gives that. Okay. Because they do have to answer to TNT. Like then they're going to do three middle fingers. And so, yeah, I think I think this is great. I think the John Moxley thing seems uh, it it was very revealing to me because I've kept on being skeptical, saying like I just don't think Vince is that overbearing. Still, apparently I'm wrong. Uh, again, we're only hearing John Moxley's side. We haven't heard Vince McMahon's side, but uh, it was very fascinating. And now it makes a little bit more sense. Where where how he was saying like I was brain dead even when we were working in 2016. Because what's the one thing that he always catches shit for? In, in his WWE tenure is when Stone Cold was like, hey, you little fucking piece of shit, like do something. And now that we have this new perspective, it was like, well, he's done. Like, that's why he's an asshole to you, Stone Cold, is because he doesn't want to do any of this anymore. Right. Like, he's out of here because the because the John Moxley, as far as this was a shoot interview and so was a Stone Cold, John Moxley and Dean Ambrose sounded nothing alike. Oh, you right. know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Dean yeah. Ambrose seemed distracted, uninterested, uh, kind of wanting to wrap this up. And John Moxley couldn't shut up. Yeah, I've heard him on like Colt Cabana's interview in the past or shows in the past. Stuff, and like I've heard the real, you know, John Good kind of speaking. That's where I knew yeah. like I was like WWE is not the place for him when I heard him there because I knew he was that aloof guy who would have a one bedroom apartment that's got like a mattress on the floor and you know what I mean? Like eats on milk crates like he's that guy like because he's just gone right like he's not there he doesn't have a tv that kind of dude right like yeah and, and one hair, of the will. one of the best parts of the whole podcast was when he told seth rollins that this is like the end at the end of uh harry and the hendersons when harry goes back into the forest right. and he sees all of the other sasquatches it's like yeah harry doesn't need to be with the people right. he needs to be with his own kind like it feels cool and it's neat and it's has a you know honeymoon phase with the people, but where he really belongs is in the wild with the other Sasquatches. And just like to your point, yeah, I think Dean Ambrose, I don't think that his 
main beef in WWE was that he never main evented WrestleMania. His main beef is he couldn't be an artist to say, I'm going to wear pink tonight. Cause fucking pink is what this character would do. You know, yeah. that creative freedom is, was his biggest thing. That's what he kept saying was like the, the one that stuck out to me was, was what they need to recognize about all of them is if I'm not allowed to come up with my own creative like angles and the way I would do things and how my character would react, and you just want me to read lines verbatim, find an actor. Because mm-hmm. they're going to do it better than I do. And that's where I kept saying, you got to start doing acting classes. Because you're acting, you're expecting these guys to act, and they're not mm-hmm. doing like acting classes. They're not like sending them to acting colleges as part of this performance center. I was like, you better start doing that because you're mm-hmm. asking them to remember verbatim lines, which involves looks and subtleties that come with acting training that wrestlers don't get. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. One other note that I found interesting. Uh, that he stated that made me start to look at other wrestlers a little bit differently. And it was when he's talked about, you're just having a show up, say line a line B go out there, grab hold one, grab hold two, and then go to the next city. Right. And he goes, this is the only thing I cared about. And I'm again, paraphrasing here, but like, I love pro wrestling. This is the one thing I think about and I don't want to have any other interest. And then you start to look at some of the other top guys uh-huh. And they have other interests, right? right? Seth Rollins has dead boy fitness. Yep. Uh, Sheamus has his Celtic warrior workouts. Xavier you Woods, have the up, down thing. Right? Yeah. Up, yeah. up, down, down. And you're like, well, fuck. They have to. Are these guys like Stepford wives? And like, they're yes. just doing that thing and they have to use their creative freedom to do up, up, down, down or dead boy fitness. Like that's the thing is what I want in pro wrestlers is it's the artist. It's the it's what Steve Austin said. I couldn't fucking drive a forklift. I could not fucking do it. I had to do something like this. It wasn't going to, he would have killed himself trying to live that life. Mm-hmm. You force them to live that life. It's just a job. It's just a traveling job now. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've got to have their escape from jobs. That's not what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to get the people who dream this, live this, think this. That's what the click always talks about. Like, as soon as they left the fucking building, they were like, hey, you should have done this. Hey, what about this? What if we try this? What right. if we fucking... mm-hmm. And that's all they fucking cared about. And that's why they were so much fucking more charismatic and better at it than the goddamn young bucks and the fucking other people that we shit on here because they're not fucking doing that. They're mm-hmm. not fucking doing that. These guys are doing other things. You know what I mean? Maybe not the young bucks yeah. are a bad example because they're living this thing, yeah. but it's that Seth Titus Rollins. O'Neil. It's the tide. Right. It's the. Everybody else. That's why Bray Wyatt is getting more attention right now because he, you can tell he's living his every fucking moment thinking about his goddamn character and what they're letting him do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference is you're not allowing these guys to thrive. They have some better ideas than you do, Vince, if you're listening. But they have, WWE seem to have all lost that, right? That these guys could potentially have the better idea. Well, because they went corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We knew it all along. Spanish announce table told you this five years ago that the biggest mistake was that they went public and we're seeing it now. If you disagree with us, you're wrong. We're right. But it was a great podcast episode. Give it a listen. Talk is Jericho. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called the emancipation of John Moxley. Uh, He did a really, really good interview. Again, he didn't have to do much because John Moxley was ready to go. (laughs) You know, he was ready to like, I got some shit to say. I did like that. He started off with the caveat of like, look, 
I had like $9 in my pocket. I didn't know what the fuck. I saw the whole world. I met my soulmate and my wife. Yeah. I got to wrestle some amazing matches. The Shield was an incredible thing that I was a part of. Well, you know, royalties I did good forever things. from that. Like yeah, royalties for forever. From that. Uh, but fuck this. You know, like, right. and it makes sense. And I like it. And one other thing, last thing that I'll say is I, I did like his uh, candid uh, observation that even though, you know, Vince McMahon is the godfather of pro wrestling as we know it today, like him, John Moxley and Vince McMahon, just that's not a good combination. Yeah. It's just not. And it's OK. Well, and he here's something like that, it was a personal thing. Well, and here's something that it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be we're going to witness it by one way or another in our lives, something that we never have in our lives, but some people have and knew a whole world of pro wrestling before Vince McMahon Jr. Mm -hmm. ever was involved. And there will be a time when he's not. He's going to die or he's going to retire and he just will not be. Yeah, he's more likely to die and he won't be involved anymore. I mean, the pro wrestling world will go on. It is forever changed due to his influence. But th- what he's at the helm of now is suffering, I think, directly because he's still at the helm of it. As sad as that is to mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. Um, I just think it is. But here is WWE's version of what we've been talking about, right? Triple H is leading this by all accounts. NXT is Triple H's thing. Vince doesn't even really know what's going on there from everything we've heard, mm-hmm. right? So when they call right. up, he doesn't even want to hear what the goddamn storyline is because he's not concerned, right? Like, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So... You know, most people give this glowing reviews, do they, NXT? We've kind of mentioned that, well, maybe, but do we really know what's going on in the week to weeks? Like, yeah. is it really building excitement, or is it just because it's the NXT event, right? Like, yeah. so there's some of that. No one ever, yeah, no one ever talks about the viral moment in week three of NXT programming. Mm-hmm. It's always just the NXT takeovers, and isn't this one character kind of cool? Yeah, now there does seem to be a bit more focus on characters, right? I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. There is more of a focus on characters. Storylines, I want to say, are you know, there is an attempt at more storylines. There's definitely less of, I'd say, gimmicks. NXT used to be a little more heavy in the stronger gimmicks. They do have a bit mm-hmm. more now of what we said, just a bunch of dudes or, or ladies with, with an mm-hmm. angle, right? Yeah. But this is the 25th of these takeover events, which are about quarterly, right? So we've been, what, mm-hmm. six years or so into this now? Feels that um, way, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, before we get into each match by match, I've got the card pulled up here. We got five matches here scheduled. Well, did you to want to WWE. take a quick com. break? Um, do we need to take one? Did we take one? How much? Okay, time we got? yeah. Because uh, I think we'll get through this one. There's five matches, right? We've been rolling oh, okay. 25 yeah, minutes in this segment. Yeah, let's roll with then it. Let's do it. Yeah, this is um right. Unless you need a break, you need to go to the bathroom. You need no, to not at all. Like that. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's your overall thoughts leading into this? Do you have you been paying attention? Do you know what's on the card? Are you excited for this? I do know what's on the card. I, I've been paying casual attention. Again, I feel like I'm more of the general NXT fan than I am the hardcore NXT fan. Uh, one point that I'd like to make, uh, what I was trying to state with the NXT week-to-week program, is you know, Ricochet did that running front flip in front of Velveteen Dream And since then, and this is my opinion, but there hasn't been any let's talk about moments on NXT programming. Now, takeovers is a completely different story, right? Those are grand slams every time. But I think if we are grading NXT the same way way we grade Raw and SmackDown, maybe we wouldn't be so like, this is the best. This is so great. Because they do well, well 
performed and well thought out continuity storytelling, but nothing's really blowing your socks off is my point with the NXT programming where we hold There's Raw no and SmackDown. There's no shocking moment on Wednesday night NXT, right? Right. But we hold Raw and SmackDown to this, it should be this. Oh my God, do you remember that? And why can't we get back to that? Where NXT and even AEW, we do this whole like, but it's not bad. Guys, it's not bad. Well, now, takeovers that. are different again, but... We do hold Raw and SmackDown to this level of like it better be pay-per-view quality every time every we see week. it. But yeah. motherfuckers, you made them three and two hours long. So yes. I'm I'm putting yeah. in that much time and goddamn, if it's not, right. that means you're subjecting me to three hours of it not being that. Yes. <laughs> Why yes. would you do that to me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. NXT takeover or excuse All me, right. NXT weekly programming is an hour. It's not that yeah. right, so, exactly. But again, I'm just saying, sometimes we go like, NXT is the best program. Right. What happened last week? Well, I didn't catch it, but I'm going to watch TakeOver right. this weekend. Yeah. And it's like, well, you motherfuckers, you guys watch Raw and SmackDown every second second uh, of it, and then you tell me how bad it is. So maybe do the same thing to NXT. But yeah. let's get into the five matches. So right, the five matches. Uh, I've been yeah. watching it. Yeah. I, I, you know, Adam Cole is still the coolest guy in the world to me. Uh, Johnny Gargano is the just truest baby face. I hated that little quick heel turn that he did. But now we're back on track. Um, that's for the title. Love it. But let's start off with the first match and let's build to that. What do we got? Uh, this is an interesting one. We've got the man that Charisma forgot, Roderick Strong, taking on Matt Riddle. Uh, I I also agree. Like this is going to be a Kurt Angle level kind of guy. I think he's going to skyrocket here. Uh, he just seems to be getting it. Matt does Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I love that yeah. guy. Love him. He is so much fun. Bro, I just love it. It's just, it's a fucking cool character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Roderick Strong, because he's in a group mm-hmm. and, you know, groups, when they do singles matches, kind of like a tag team, like a, a, a singles match for a tag team wrestler, they can yeah. lose it and still not lose really anything. Right. Uh, so I think this is a, Roderick Strong is a man that charisma is not Right. Uh, a part of his DNA, uh-huh. but he can wrestle a really oh, good yeah. match. I think yeah. I think this is a good this is going to be a good showcase for Matt Riddle because he it can go he can do some fun things with someone he knows that can come yes. up with some cool shit. And Strong is a veteran will know how to make sure he looks good and all of this because yep. we are we are there is to this Matt Riddle has been doing this for a little bit of time, but it has been a little bit of time in the grand scheme of things. So. Yeah, Roderick Strong, I believe, if memory serves me correctly, him and AJ Styles was the first ever TNA match on TNA Impact on TNT. Wow, that tells you how long he's been doing it, and he was doing <laughs> it long before that too. So then we've got the North American. But I got Matt Riddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely have Matt Riddle in this. Although I can see Roderick Strong winning via some sort of, uh, uh, you know, interference if they wanted to continue moving on with, you know, Riddle versus, you know, that disputed era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they're they're having some dissension in that regard, but so that might be a little off. But but I definitely think Riddle's going to win. But I wouldn't shock me to see Strong win via something, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the NXT North American Championship, Tyler Breeze takes on the champion, the Velveteen Dream. I don't see them just slapping this title belt on Tyler Breeze all of a sudden because he's back or anything, unless they're going to have Dream get into the world. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. No, it's Dream. Mm, no, it's Dream. Yeah. Uh, one thing, though, that I want to applaud uh, WWE on doing, though, is one thing that we've talked about is, yes. hey, if you ain't got anything up in the main roster, come back. And Tyler Breeze did. So yep. credit to him. Because, look, Tyler Breeze is cool. One of Tyler Breeze's coolest moments was wrestling uh, 
Juice and Thunder Liger on an NXT TakeOver. So TakeOver is really where he made his whole character and stuff. So, yeah, have him go back there. And that's the thing is like that Tyler Breeze character will be allowed to give more time, albeit like you're saying, there's not a whole lot of time on their one-hour shows for the characters to shine. Um, But that character can shine more in that thing where there's less people, right? And he can do Mm -hmm. more subtlety things other than just being – Look like you're really vain and into yourself, right? Like in well, WWE, they just have, boil it down to the most caricature of yeah. it all, you know? Well, and he's going to have a way cooler entrance in NXT than he's ever going to have on the main roster. So right. it's a great move. Uh, but because he has been on the main roster, maybe Fondango is hurt still, or I don't know what happened to him. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, yeah, Velveteen Dream. I don't think they're going to give it to a callback guy. So Velveteen well, Dream. I mean, I could see unless he's going to be there and they think, you know what I mean? He can run with it for a little bit and get some good matches out of these guys because we're going to now transition Dream into the world title picture. So I could see that. But yeah, yeah I do but think, I think Dream's think... coming away with this. Yeah. Yeah. I got Dream. All right. What's uh, next? Ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships because the Viking Raider Warrior Experience guys had to vacate the titles, right? You know what I mean? Um, no, why? Well, they didn't have to, but they just did. Uh, right. right, yeah. And they're not on Raw? Uh, well, yeah, well, well they said they were going to go to Raw, so... We... <laughs> the fuck is happening? All right, so we got Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, Street nope. Profits. Yep. Forgotten Sons. Nope. Ooh, I think, maybe, and Fish and O'Reilly, which I don't think. We'll get it. No. I, it's down to Street Profits, Forgotten Sons, but I do think they finally pull the trigger on the Street Profits and give them some gold. That just feels right. God, I love the Street Profits. They're yeah, my street favorite. Profits. Yeah, they're, they're getting it. Red Solo Cup. They're yeah, uh-huh. they're doing they it. They are the new Harlem Heat for me, right? They just got a little more mm-hmm. swagger than than even Harlem mm-hmm. Heat had, right? Harlem yeah. Heat had a we're cool and we're about to fuck you the hell up. Street Profits are a little more like we're cool and it's a party. Oh, also we're gonna fuck you up, right? Like it's yeah. just like a, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, Street Profits definitely have more of a vibe of hey, let's everyone have fun because if you don't, I'll fuck you up. Right. Where Harlem Heat was like, we don't fucking like anyone in this party. Yeah, like, we're, get out of here. We're coming here and we're having fun because we're about to fuck some shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, a uh, yeah. little bit different vibe, but uh, yeah, I like Street Profits. God. Forgotten Sons are good. Uh, they have kind of to me, and maybe it's that Southern vibe, but they have a revival kind of yes. touch to them. There's uh, a lot of heel I tag think- teams right now though, too. So I think the Street Profits got to have them. You know, yeah, undisputed era. I think maybe, like you said, there's dissension. I think maybe something happens here where Roderick Strong tries to help them out, maybe, and that causes a what yeah. the fuck did you do, Roderick? We had the match won and you fucked it up. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe that's what happens, and then that's how Street Profits get it. So, I'm going Street Profits. Um, all right, I'm going Street Profits also. Now, we've got the women's championship match. We've got Io Shirai taking on Shayna Baszler. I think this might be one where Shayna Baszler loses, and we might be seeing her go. To the main rosters, maybe? I don't know. And do what? Well, who knows do what? I mean, they brought up Lacey Evans to do what? You know what I mean? Well, Lacey Evans is wrestling matches, Well, okay, so they might do that with her, too, with Shayna Baszler. They might throw her in. She's going to be better than some people that are up there now. I wish they would do this. Do what they did with Tyler Breeze. Send Baszler up and bring somebody else back down. Right? Who would you you swap out? Who would you swap out? I'm going to send up a Baszler, bring me back two main roster, one from each brand. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke, good one. Yep, Dana Brooke definitely coming back. And SmackDown. Uh, I can't Naomi? remember who's on fucking. No, because she's on Raw. Tamina? Um, no. Tamina's on SmackDown. Yeah, but she's whatever. Uh, I'm going to send back from SmackDown. 
I'm going to send back Nikki Cross. They're not no. using her. Nikki Cross is so great. No, she just got to win with Becky Lynch. Yeah, I they love are her. using her. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to send down Carmella. The f- Ooh. Yeah. Just I mean, fuck Carmella. What is she doing? Yeah, but I feel like she's main roster ready. They just don't have shit because they suck at the storyline. Oh, right? Like she like pulled off. Okay. Well, yeah. then if it's like the main roster ready kind like, of stuff, then I'm separating. Go back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then then I'm separating fire and desire, and I'm sending Sonya to yes. back down. Right. Because yeah, you were right with Dana Brooke. Right. Like needs a little more seasoning. Like there's something there. People are getting behind her. Like I can see improvement, but needs some yeah. more work. Right. Definitely. And then needs Sonya Deville. Work. Yeah, I'm sending yeah, yeah. Sonya Deville and Dana Brooke and down, and I'm putting up Shayna. Uh, yeah. So but you think Baszler's here, coming away no, here? This is what I'm match. doing. Though. This is what I'm doing. Right. I'm sending Shayna Baszler up, but I'm sending her as a top girl, and I'm sending her two henchmen with her, and so it's three mm-hmm. of them go up, four of them come back down. I'm sending Natty, Dana Brooke, Naomi, and Sonya Deville. Those four are going back down. Well, and here's the thing too, and this is what I've talked about. Like I, I get that NXT they thought as kind of the intermediary between the performance center and the main rosters, and I get that. Okay. But I, I still think you could have three separate distinct brands that are main roster and they can all be different. We keep hitting on this, right? And you can mm-hmm. swap these people in and out. If one felt like an AEW where you could have sent the guys like the Dean Ambrose and then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You can send a, a Natty to wherever she fits best. And when she gets stale there, you can move it. But they just don't do that here. They don't nope. send some of these people. Like you said, there's no reason Naomi can't for six months go work the NXT. Hey, you get six months off of the road. We're going to set you up in a goddamn rental. You know what I mean? At least we'll out back fucking to your place. home in Tampa or go to your home in Tampa if you want, or you can have a fucking, we've got one of the WWE corporate houses for lease on, you know what I mean? Like, we'll just, you know, like that, they can just buy some houses that they let these people live in for a few months. Like they could do whatever, the, like they could do all these things. I don't, I don't know, whatever. So you think Baszler's winning? I'm going to call, I'm going to say Io Shirai wins it. Why not? I New wouldn't champ. know Io Shirai if she walked into a room wearing a shirt that said, my name is Io Shirai. Neither would I'm I. not picking her. <laughs> Neither would I. Neither would I. And then the NXT championship match. Johnny Gargano defends against Adam Cole. Baby. New champ? Yes. New champ. This is where, if you remember in their last match, in the third fall, the Undisputed Era tried to interfere. Johnny Gargano overcame the odds. And still capture the title. I yeah. think, even though there's going, this is my prediction, is that Roderick Strong is going to lose uh, clean. He's going to try to help out the tag. Yeah. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Then the three of them are going to prevail, get Adam Cole the title. Uh-huh. We're all thinking it's good. Then on Bug NXT programming, Sean. we're going to do a we're going to do a you know coronation celebration of Adam Cole as the champion. Adam Cole is going to talk about how great of a night it was, except for one thing that happened. He's going to call out Roderick Strong. They're going to kick him out of Undisputed Era. And then the first title challenger for Adam Cole is going to be Roderick Strong. Yeah. Full circle. You just booked it. Yeah, full God circle damn, because that was like their first like major guy uh-huh. they were going at. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's there a great story. That's a great yeah. story to tell. That is a great yep. story to tell. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think Adam Cole is winning this thing, baby. I think we might even see Gargano go away. I think they still. I think they wanted him up there. Yeah, thinking, yeah. That's, yeah. He was on. He was part of the four. Remember, mm-hmm. it was Gargano, Champa, uh, Alistair Black, and Ricochet. And then all of a sudden, they had to call an audible because of uh, Champa. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think 
I, I could easily see Gargano kind of lose the title, go away because he got beat up by all the Undisputed Era, comes back when Gar- uh, when Ciampa gets back. They do a whole, like, we're taking over kind of thing, do a couple takeovers, and then go back to the roster, and then now we're fucking everyone up. I got it. He shows up out of nowhere, roll-up pins R-Truth, becomes the 24-7 champion, but defends it. Like, he goes standing in the ring, right? And he just starts taking on two, three guys at a time, right? Kicking out of pinfalls, pinning a few of them, right? Like, and he's just Johnny Wrestling, right? Like, too quick, too good for you. 24-7 champion. He manages to last, like, three weeks or something doing that nonsense, right? And then he's built that little, like, holy crap, this little kid's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, firecracker, That'd be cool. right? Right. Which, by the way, how bad did the 24-7 title look that Roman Reigns had the opportunity to win it, but he said, no, R-Truth, you get it. Yeah, you I don't want that fucking thing. Well, why would R-Truth want it back when he just was talking about how burdensome it was to run for it? Here's the problem with it, man. Here's the problem with it. It's not a championship given to the person who can win the matches the most for it it's the person who can outrun the competition the longest and what kind of fucking champion is that and why do we care well it will it ever <sighs> get a proper match in a pay-per-view can like, it we see yeah, can it? because they're constantly being chased at all hours of the day so how could a match even start when they're walking to the goddamn ring they're gonna get rolled up and chased and then shane mcmahon is able to suspend the rules so it's a 23.9 slash mm-hmm. 6.94 title yeah. Just because a guy's got a match scheduled later, that means the 24-7 is off, then it's not 24-7. Like, again, Dumb. so uh, there's conflicting reports on whose idea this was, but one of the ideas that that I've seen out there is that the USA Network has been sending WWE ideas of how to get the ratings up, and Vince has been cornered, and I've got to fucking take something, and this is the only one that wasn't the absolute drizzling shits. Now, I don't know what those ideas, and we've dis- we've discussed this whole thing that maybe Vince doesn't know what's the drizzling shits anymore. <laughs> And maybe yeah. there were some better fucking ideas that he passed in favor of this. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I don't know. But that we title don't sucks. Know, but... That title really sucks. But yeah, there yeah. you go. So we gave Ooh. you the NXT picks. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we gave you the NXT picks. Let me hit. Uh, we have three tweet tables that I wanted to cover. And one of them I really want to get into. Uh, so I'll save that one for last. Um, first one real quick. At B underscore double underscore D. By the way, play along. Hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. And this will be our WWE main roster portion of the show. Three tweet the tables. That's how much it, it, we're honestly giving That's it more it than deserves. we want to. We we put this, we're giving it more than we want to. I went Be, to Raw and I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. it I, I was going to bring this up. I knew that. I, okay, we talked about it being too long. It's a three-hour show. There's a dark match afterwards, right? They do stuff mm-hmm. beforehand. You arrive mm-hmm. early beforehand. You've got to wait in line, even though you've arrived early. You're there four plus five, even some hours. In the actual vicinity of the venue itself, not to mention your drive times, any time you need to spend around the thing, they've asked you to spend a fucking work day to come watch this goddamn thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I knew I don't have the fucking time and patience to put to that with it being as boring as it is right now. So when like I, yeah, when they were coming, I never even looked at tickets. I was like, I'm not fucking going. I hope I, I was like, I hope Tom doesn't ask me to go. I don't want to tell him I'm not going because it's boring. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you even one more on top of that is they're coming back to Kansas City mm-hmm. at the end of October. October is my yep. birthday month. October 2nd is my birthday. Yep. Uh, Emily said, hey, I can get you ringside seats for SmackDown. And I said, I don't want you to spend Ooh, that much money because I won't, I won't have that be, much fun. That's going to be... You think things are going to change? Uh, the Fox, though. That's going to be the Fox. 
Who the fuck cares? Ain't nothing fucking changing. Yeah, One thing remember, that I found funny yeah, huh. is they said, you know, uh, SmackDown is coming October with matches as Kofi Kingston as champion defends against Kevin Owens. I'm like, you don't fucking know in October that goddamn match is going to happen and Kofi's going to still oh, be your champion. Fuck they may off. need to do that match. You should you should note that somewhere and see if they do that match, but by then it'll be Kofi mint card again. Kevin yeah. Owen in some bullshit storyline that nobody cares about, and he's you know the real guy will come interrupt him. Um, yeah, they'll they'll do something like that. Um, oh God, uh, remember when WWE when all this started happening when everybody was like, "You guys fucking suck," and they were like, "We hear you, stay tuned." Right? Remember when they were like. Stay yeah, tuned, everybody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what the fuck did they do? Did they think that they fucking delivered? Do they think yeah. that? Or are we still supposed they to got, be fucking staying tuned? They got rid of Corbin <laughs> as the general manager. That's all they did. And, and Paige did, went away. And all he did was get better. All right. At B yeah. underscore double underscore D says, wow, Kofi is champ fucking sucks. Hashtag tweet the table. What do you think, man? Now that we've had Kofi, Kofi for about a month or so. Yeah, Two I months. think Kofi and Seth Rollins both are the same. I don't they think both one's suck. any. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I will say that at least Kofi has a storyline with the Kevin Owens uh, turns on him, joins New Day kind of thing. There's nothing that Seth Rollins is doing. He's literally just spinning his wheels. I think of the two champions. Kofi's his, better. Yeah. Yeah, Kofi's is better. Uh, yeah, so... I did like. So, like when Kevin Owens is. It's, saying he was this and he's too good of a person i mean kofi's pro- kofi's not the most charismatic speaker but he was very baby face and delivered on as such when he's like you are not a good person you lied about this and then you lied about this when you want to do that yeah. you're not a good person you're a liar <laughs> right like yeah. very easy easy to digest the kids go yeah right the the dumb people I go, go that yeah, way when he was right on the pancakes i want I wanted a pancake at Raw. Right. Like, I like him as champion. Right. I think I think he's just getting hated on because the whole thing sucks. It's not yes. him. Right. So yeah, I think he's doing very serviceable and and just and I agree. Seth Rollins is in the same character and not pulling it off as well. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. Um at Chris Mercado twenty three says, I haven't seen this much personality out of Lesnar since he came out in a sombrero. Hashtag tweet they we've got to get Brock some props. That's all it is. <laughs> Or he just doesn't fucking care. Right. You know, maybe, maybe I think he's doing this well because he thinks down on it. Like, he's like, oh, you guys want me to dance? Well, this was good. And we're like, that's entertaining. And he's like, oh, you thought it was entertaining? I was being an asshole. I'm like, no, no, we well, like that. Here's that too. Brock Lesnar has all of the creative freedom that John Moxley said he was never really allowed as Dean Ambrose, right? Yeah. But it works. And we can say, well, it's awesome. Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar's allowed to be what Brock Lesnar thinks Brock Lesnar should be, and it shows very well, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it's consistent, and it's like it's definable, right? I that's hate him. Where it comes yeah, out I well. hate him, and that's the thing. I hate him, <laughs> right? and I should. He does right, awesome. Right. All right. Final one, and this is a segment we haven't really hit on, but maybe we'll get a little into this. At Katie First Lady says, the electric chair? Really? That's what it's been feeling like watching Raw in recent weeks. Hashtag tweet the table, uh, which is a very good joke. And yes, so by all accounts, they thought this was going to be a real thing. We're going to sit somebody in the electric chair. We're going to take real questions from the audience. They pre-screened the questions, but these were real questions that they allowed to be asked. And Mm -hmm. then Sami Zayn goes and blurts out, you could have asked me anything. You could have asked me about AEW. 
Now, there's conflicting reports on whether or not he was told to fit that line in or whether he brought it up. But either way, there's no way in hell you can now just give people in the crowd a live mic because even if they tell you they're going to ask something else, they're just going to be like, aw what right like they're you're just gonna be oh, inundated i would have <laughs> i was i was uh, right. sitting right behind i was sitting right behind the guy that asked the first question i was literally one row oh, behind God. him just to the left of the camera if you would have gave me a mic i would have said this i would have said hey Sami Zayn, uh i dare you double or nothing would you have lied where, would you have said i'm gonna ask him some vanilla thing yeah, and then got the mic said, and then, yeah. hey i want you to know or uh, yeah this is what i would have said if they would ask me they didn't come to me but right. i would have said my question <laughs> is i want to know <laughs> yeah this is this is my pre-screen my pre-screen question right, yeah, i would have yeah. said hey i want to know does he think kevin owens can beat uh kofi kingston okay right right yeah pretty easy you know that's his friend yada yada then i would have said hey double or nothing where's el generico double or nothing's in there and el generico aw double or nothing where's where's el generico is el generico gonna show up at aw (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i would have just asked him about that because one thing that i found very funny about the whole double or nothing when everyone was tweeting about it where uh biggie i thought had the absolute best one where he's like I hope Redacted has a yes. great event tonight and all that shit. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was great. Uh, Sasha Banks says, I love wrestling. Shut the fuck up, you weirdo. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't empathize with her even after hearing John Moxley. I still don't like her. Anyhow, no. my favorite thing was El Generico's first tweet in years was something like, I love pro wrestling related on the right. night of Double or Nothing. Uh-huh. thought that was really funny. Yeah. And then um, did you see uh, – did you see um, – Nick Jackson's young, yeah. tweet after uh-huh. the AEW thing mm-hmm. where it was he just tweeted Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was, that's very much a question you could ask. Cause you're going to be like, Hey, since you hate this place so much, why don't you be like John Moxley and go to AEW, right? Like just throwing that one out there because mm-hmm. even at that, then they shouldn't get so mad. Right? Like, why don't you be like that? It's not like you're saying like, Oh, they're better. You're almost insulting him. Right. Why don't you just fucking leave yeah. and go there then? Yeah. And then they would have been like, Ooh. well, I would have asked him about El Generico just because I yeah, wanted to see his answer. Right. Cause he would have um, been like, no, I want to be here to be your critic and all that. But yeah. Did you notice like the, the girl asked something, the little girl and then Sammy yeah, the Zane, Simi Zane said something back and she went to go like say something back. And Charlie Caruso was that who was doing it. Yanked that, uh-huh. like yanked that microphone from that little girl so mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> like she was like, Oh, well, well, she was the best thing of the whole night because so oh, she really? says she said do you guys or she said do you miss uh being a part of the ginger snaps yeah right right and and he said are you talking about becky lynch and what she tried to say was duh right but yeah. charlie got scared and pulled uh-huh. the mic from and so uh well and she then said that, that the- but then she did another one like she went to say something else and maybe mm-hmm. you could see it if you're on tv was he said something again and she went to like Say something again, and she's still like, I yeah. mean, like almost fucking Heismander. Well, and that was the first old thing was because right. Sami Zayn was like, don't, don't you mean you're asking about right. uh, Seth Rollins? And he did the wink, wink. Yeah, but again, there's, live, just, though? there's no way they're going to, this is going to be honest. This is going to be like uh, the, the what was the, um, the fucking online where we get to pick the matches, and there were three oh, matches, but they were all the same. Yeah. They were the Cyber same exact Sunday. fucking, yeah, Cyber Sunday, they were the same fucking match, and who knows if there was real goddamn results any fucking way. <laughs> like, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Uh, live, though, and I'll say this, this was the only thing that was honestly the hardest thing to understand, is they do the electric chair. They didn't promote to the arena 
at all that the main event was going to be Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. I went with my, you know, I'll, I'm going to get married to Emily, so I'll just say right. my brother-in-law. Uh-huh. And he's not a wrestling fan at all. He just likes Braun Strowman. That's the only reason right. he goes because he thinks he's fun to watch and he thinks he's silly. Uh, and so Seth Rollins just runs down to the ring. And then my brother-in-law goes, why is he taking his shirt off? Where's Why is there a ref? Right. I guess the wrestling? Like, there was nothing to it. Like, really? why did he do that? I mean, maybe it was said on TV, but it wasn't said to us. And so, it was so there was a big disconnect in the main event. Big disconnect. Yeah, yeah. I talked to some other folks who were there from my work who don't they don't follow as much. And I don't think they've been to like a live raw in a long time because they were like nobody even told us that there was a match after the the main event. Like we were well, getting ready to leave, a, and people yeah. were like, you know what I mean, yanking. That's us. a thing like, that you got to kind of know. Thing yeah. that was fine. Uh, the worst segment was the Shane McMahon. We not we they because I was just laughing. Uh, chanted AEW. This is boring and this is awful a lot. Shane needs to fucking get out of here. No one wants your fucking dry ass promos and your fucking bitch ass. Uh, well, angles. okay. So, and I've thought that too. Now, I was thinking watching SmackDown, I was like, "Well, I'll give it this. I do fucking hate it, right? Like, I hate it, right? Like, I hate his hate what his monotone. Like, I'm too coked out to remember what I'm saying. Uh, delivery of his fucking lines. Uh, like, he's kind of like, wait, am I supposed to be saying this right now? It's almost how it feels like. Like, he's like, he's. You ever like read something and you're not sure you're reading it right? Like if I'm reading this uh-huh. off the page oh, yeah, yeah. right now, that's uh-huh. how it sounds. It's like his fucking promos. Like he's reading it in his fucking brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate it. And I'm supposed <laughs> to hate him, right? So I fucking yeah, yeah, hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there is that, right? But I really loathe and want to just turn it off. If you're also putting him in the fucking ring, stop it. Okay, again, here's what you've lost. This is something you used to know. That payoff is great at the end of the year at WrestleMania at the end of the seven-month build that he's been fucking with Roman Reigns, right? And Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns finally gets a match with Shane McMahon. But now we've had Shane McMahon versus The Miz 17 fucking times. And we've had Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns coming now. And Shane McMahon, everybody, god damn it, like, it's, stop, he's not... A re- like he is an active wrestler now. Yeah, like that's he what is. he is. He's an active wrestler. That's what we're doing <laughs> with Shane McMahon. Yeah, what is I'm going stupid. On? Anyway, dumb. so that's where we're at, and that's why we've had mostly focused on AEW because it and was I'm quite frankly to. the better product. Yeah. Hey, like I said, there are discrepancies and improvements that definitely can be made, but I am very optimistic and happy, and I look forward to their next shows, and I look forward to TNT, uh, uh-huh. AEW. I'm a fan. They got an A this week. Nothing else did. Say that. Exactly. All right, and sense. on that, we will come back and give you another A-plus episode next week of the Spanish Announce Table. Fun fact, there are no nuts in Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> The Spanish Announce Table.